Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Last week um, in our intro, Emmy railed on Ted Cruz, uh, a senator from Texas, for being absolutely incompetent and leaving his constituents to freeze to death while he flew to Cancun with his family. Today, I have come to you with a, a new Texas-based politician to rail on, and that is our governor, Greg Abbott, Greg Abbott. <laughs> who decided just yesterday that it is time to reopen Texas 100% and to remove the mask mandate. So now everybody can walk around mask-free, go into places at full capacity, and die of coronavirus. And, and it can only be played put back in place in counties if enough people get sick and start dying yeah um so if you if you're from outside of the united states hi Steffi. uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you're from outside of the united states which i know some of you are because i do have spotify analytics uh texas is the second largest state in the united states and is currently number three for coronavirus cases behind only California and Florida. And I don't know what goes on in Florida, but California does have a population of like 40 million people. You don't know what goes on in Florida? Is Florida just like the island from mist? It's just covered in a thick Well, it's like they're insane in Florida. And I will say that the insanity coming out of Florida is due in part to their like incredibly like open door journalism laws. However, um, it is also insane in Florida. They have the, uh, Florida has the sunshine law, which is a law that specifically requires that any crimes committed be published uh, in the news. It doesn't require it. It requires all information on all crimes that are not classified to be made available to the news media. Which is why they... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you ever hear us talking about like, oh, an insane Florida man or whatever, that is a cryptid. The Florida man is a cryptid in case you didn't know. The entire reason is specifically that law, which allows all of the craziness that happens in Florida to be exposed also, their governor is a corrupt piece of shit that is very explicitly giving vaccines only to wealthy people and yeah. has told, has legitimately said anyone that complains about distribution will be, uh, he'll withhold the vaccine from their regions. Emmy, we cannot just rail on Florida politicians. We have to rail on Texas politicians because we live in Texas. <laughs> Okay. Let people I mean, from Florida rail on Florida. I feel like we're not that different from Florida. <laughs> we're not that different from Florida. We have a mm-hmm. lot more landmass, and that's about it. Fun fact, uh, we live in one of the more populous parts of Texas. Yes. Um, so I'm sure Sarah is very excited to be working in a customer-facing role. Yes. Trust me. I already I have multiple coworkers who have already said that they're probably going to quit if our store no longer requires people to wear masks when they come in. And I don't think that the store isn't going to require people to wear masks because. But you're going to have to deal with it not being yeah. mandated. 
Which means that way more people are going to come in not wearing masks. There are plenty of people who I'm sure will still wear them. I'm still going to wear one. And I'm going to avoid being around customers as much as humanly possible. And if people complain about our level of customer service, I just don't care. I have one coworker who said, he told me today that if a customer who isn't wearing a mask tries to talk to him, he ignores them and walks away. That's amazing. And I was like, I wish I had that confidence. Now, I saw people talking about it and they were like, somebody's going to get shot because it's Texas and these people are going to come in without their masks and they're going to get told that they're going to get removed by police if they refuse to leave the premises. And it's going to end up with somebody shooting at employees somewhere because it's Texas. Yeah. I am quite concerned about it. Um, I think it's insane. Um, I wish that the federal government would mandate, would like put a, a, like a federal mask mandate into place because this is, we have many people all over this country who are high level politicians who specifically will work against whatever the current presidential administration tries to do, no matter what it is, even if it's good for the country. And I am, I saw someone make the point. That people were so pissed off at Abbott over the like the freeze that we had two weeks ago that they are that he basically is opening up Texas just to appease people. But also you're not appeasing like 50 percent of the population because like a lot of us do not want the state to be opened back up. Yeah, You're just pissing off other people. I'm getting ready to have or- my second quarantine birthday. Been there. I- Yeah, like, I'm not excited about this. The stay-at-home order went into effect last year on my birthday. And I'm still going to be in quarantine for this birthday. I've spent more than half of... Not more than half. I've spent almost half of my marriage in quarantine. Hey, I should come over for your birthday. There's no no more mask mandate. That means we're safe to hang out. No. We've hung out like a total of four times since quarantine started. And I, and I mean like literally us two in my apartment. Like it's, I know so many people who are like, oh, you haven't gone out to eat at all this entire time. No, I haven't. Oh, you haven't like gone to a single like gathering. You didn't go see family. No. A gathering? Yeah. No, not magic. No, I'm just like (laughs) a gathering. Really? Yeah, like people are like, you haven't gone to any parties, you didn't go home to see your fit. No, I have been, Brandon and I have been so stringent about what we have and have not done over the past year. The only, We have not gone anywhere that wasn't a store that we had to go to. Or work, obviously. So, um... No, you, hear, you heard it here first, folks. Sarah and Brandon haven't gone to work in years. <laughs> Anyway, um, all of that said, we just watched a movie. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm Sarah. I'm... Taking a long drink, considering... (laughs) it's 2021 and we just read and finished part one of well parts one and two of breaking dawn no we we read 
book one and book two of Breaking God, we finished part one. Of yes. <laughs> and then we watched the movie. <laughs> now, I want to go right out of the gate and say that this movie, like every movie in this franchise, is so much better than the book it's based off of. <laughs> I'm convinced that Smyre watched these movies. Each time they came out and was just like, shit, why didn't I think of doing that? Yeah, I <gasps> mean, they the things that they added and the things that they took out just made the story so much better. The number one thing I can think of that they took out that, I, that we were both like, oh, thank God, was the part where Edward asked Jacob to fuck Bella to oh, make God, a new baby. Yeah. And they took it out. It's not in the movie. Don't worry. Because the cringiest part of that is anyone out there who has ever had a baby or tried to have a baby or is aware of the process of having a baby. It's not like you. Well, usually (laughs) it's not like you fuck one time and then you have a baby. Most people have to fuck like a lot of times. Hey, now that's not what Christian cinema that teaches us to be pro-life has taught me. (laughs) Well, it's wrong. It's always the first time when you lose your virginity by betraying God and you immediately get pregnant and have to deal with the consequences and learn that the life growing inside you is a fully developed person. Well, in Breaking Dawn Part 1, Bella didn't even betray God and she still got pregnant with a child that killed her. Yeah, what the fuck, Christian cinema? I know. Why didn't you prepare me for this moment? Oh, Sarah's drinking her jar of blood. It's water! It's not blood! Mason jar of blood. Fucking white girl. I should have put red food coloring in it just to freak you out. Just so we're clear, uh, it's white girl not because you're a girl. Uh, It's white girl because it's a mason jar. (laughs) (laughs) and white girls buy mason jars in bulk to use them for craft projects i feel like this is gonna get annoying and i'm finally gonna understand how you feel every time i say bro and i'm like but not like bro (laughs) like the universal bro the universal bro and i'm like i know sarah i don't think it that way and you're gonna be like i know you're using the general term and not referring to me as a female (laughs) (laughs) so for those of you who missed it um i tweeted about it on my personal twitter and i tweeted about it on our twitter so if you want to see our updates and tweets and stuff you can follow us at 2020 twilight pod m is at m of many names and i am at sarah s wilton um but i tweeted about it i came out I'm very excited as being non-binary, but I didn't talk about it in an episode literally at all. And uh, I guess someone in the comments on Twitter called us ladies. And I got a message from (laughs) one Miss Steffi that was like, hey, are you okay with that? Like, she called you ladies. To be fair, I actually didn't pick up on it until you texted me because I just get so excited when I see myself referred to. (laughs) It was a very, (laughs) it was completely innocuous. It's not like the person meant anything by it. And I really appreciated Steffi reaching out to me. I've had a few people reach out to me in like terms of, of my gender identity and stuff. Um, I am non-binary and I use they, them pronouns. Um, I'm keeping my name the same, most likely. 
Um, I've just had it for so long. <laughs> that's the hardest part for me is because I still say Sarah. Yeah. And Sarah is just inherently linked with women in my brain. Yeah. For obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I get it. I totally get it. I need to start it. calling. I'm just going to stop. I'm never going to refer to you as Sarah again. I'm just going to refer to you as Moth from now on. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, which is none of you, because it's never been explained, aside from that one dumb meme that i posted where <laughs> emmy was an amazon and i was just a moth <laughs> and someone got like bless this person's heart she came into the comments and was like you're not a bug you're an amazing badass woman and i was like first of all i think it was one of the shotgun saturday night yeah yeah i think it was her shout out uh to the ladies over at shotgun saturday nights um and i was like it's a joke like i just like my weird like gender neutral persona for the past like year and a half has been a moth (laughs) i don't know why i don't know how this happened oh it was andrea oh yeah yeah my friend my my, one of my best friends andrea oh yeah because she calls me she used to all the time Anytime I would say something ridiculous, she would just, you know, respond by saying, woman! But she wanted to not do that anymore. So she was like, I'm just going to call you Moth from now on because I have a deep-seated obsession with Mothman. And I was like, okay, I can I can get, get with that. Funnily enough, the way that comes up the most in conversation is that if I type out LMAO, sometimes my phone autocorrects it to LAMP. Lamp. And then the group chat just explodes with everybody being like, Lamp! Lamp! And just sending pictures of moths. Um, it's it's kind of dumb and it doesn't make a lot of sense, but like that's just my entire existence is I am just a swarm of moths in a human suit. I think the most disappointing part is that because you're non-binary, I can't call you moth mommy because it just alliterates so well. <laughs> I love that. That's great. I do still like, cause I came out, I didn't, I haven't come out to like everybody, which it's going to be fun if any of my family members listen to this. Uh, but my mom knows. And when I told her, I was like, just so you know, you can still refer to me as like your daughter. And Brandon still refers to me as his wife purely because I don't, I don't want to just use child and spouse because to me, it just doesn't feel as personal. And I, was oh, but making love is so uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that's been my <laughs> gender uh, discovery experience over the past few weeks. Um, unfortunately, Emmy, you were already uh, out of the closet as being trans when this podcast started, so you we don't get to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to live that out on the air. We can reenact it if you want. What, me, me coming out as trans? Yeah. Okay, so I found this subreddit about people realizing they're trans. And I started looking at the memes. And I was, I really, like, identified with the memes. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, oh, shit. You mean that? Not every person just sits there thinking about how they wish they had been born a woman. <laughs> that's that's not normal. Like, no. 
No, it's not normal. Are you are you going through something? I think I'm trans. You're a trans? I'm a trans. A trans former? Autobots rage their battles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a transgender woman. <laughs> anyway, let's make Gender comments effort. on this movie and not on <laughs> our... Neither one of us is cisgender now. It's super exciting. <laughs> We're the gayest podcast. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Okay, I, look, wedding scene, Alice was great, again, because she's not a piece of shit in the movies. Yeah, movie Alice is great. Funny. Actually, this is kind of a through line of the movie, is if the books took themselves as seriously as the movie took itself, which is not very... Yeah. The entire series would be much better because the movie Absolutely. was hilarious. I laughed so much in Bella during this like movie. Dying. Oh yeah, the fucking when the pre- when the pregnancy hit is when the humor kind of went completely out the window. But it was appropriate at that point. Oh yeah. But everything leading up to that was so funny. So they have the setup scene for the wedding where the boys are just carrying giant logs. Well, no, uh, Carlisle and Jasper have benches and then Emmett comes by with just a massive fucking log and then Rosalie comes through carrying like a stump. Um, oh, oh, uh, so (laughs) this made me think of when Steffi was making fun of me because I don't love Alice anymore. Um, I do love Alice. I love Twilight Cinematic Universe Alice because she's great. I love the fact that Steffi's just like another host of this podcast at this point. For yeah, she's just she not here. Yeah, she just doesn't talk. <laughs> it's like she's here, but she's not here. It's because she like wanted to make friends with us, and so it happened. And like, I don't know if it makes it clear or not that we will talk to anyone who reaches out to us on Twitter. Not that, not that Steffi is just anyone. We Nobody love Steffi. Could take- Steffi's place in my heart. Of course but. not. <laughs> but <laughs> but if you want to be friends, if you're ever listening to this and you're like, they seem cool, I want to be friends with them. Fucking do it, bitch. I dare you. We would love to be your friend. Just don't expect me to communicate with you frequently. Oh no, I'm bad at texting back. But like when I do text back, it's going to be funny or full of lots of hearts. Or she's going to tell you about how she cried again. Oh, I cry all the time. If you want, like, DM me asking me what I cried about today, please. At Sarah I'm, S. Wilton. <laughs> I am, like, 99% certain you were about to cry at one point during this movie. Which part? I'm trying to remember. I, I do remember being emotional. Oh, it's when Jacob was crying. Oh, Jacob. Yep. So uh, another through line is that um, Jacob... Movie Jacob is also way better than book Jacob. He was still... So movie Jacob in Eclipse was still a piece of shit. Like You can't write around that, unfortunately. But he was less of a piece of shit. And then he was redeemed in in Breaking Dawn Part 1. He also acknowledged that he was being a piece of shit in the movie. movie. 
he did in the book too but the problem with the book was it was like a half-hearted dismissal acknowledgement that he then just ignored and kept acting like a piece of shit so yeah he in the book was more like well yeah we both know i was being a piece of shit we don't have to linger on it and then in the movie he was like i'm so sorry i was being a piece of shit like i want to blame it on just being a werewolf but like no i was just being an ass and yeah getting back to the to the wedding scene first of all the movie was like why don't we throw in some speeches and oh my (laughs) god it was wonderful it was like so it started with emmett because he like got everybody ready and was like i would like to propose a toast and he said bella i hope that you got a lot of sleep over the past 18 years because that is all over now and i because i had subtitles on i don't know if you did I did. Okay, so I got so I read it ahead of when he said it, and I was already howling with laughter. I was just like, <gasps> the best part about it is that Emmett is so dumb that you know he was referring specifically to her becoming a vampire, but he just didn't understand how everyone else would perceive that comment not knowing the vampire. Thing. I think he also meant it with them having a lot of sex. And everyone just stared Yeah, because he did in the book, I don't know, I don't remember if it was in part one or if it's in part two, where he talks to Bella about her and, oh no, yeah, because Bella and Edward go to their little cabin and then they fuck. And but the cabin doesn't like fall down. And Emmett's like, "Uh, Rosalie and I destroyed like three houses on our honeymoon. So uh, I definitely think he was also referring to them having sex, but Emmett and Rosalie's honeymoon ended with them running out of houses and they had to do pull a Star Wars move and like cut out the inside of a bear and hunker down in it. (laughs) Absolutely. But so there's, oh, and uh, we got Jessica's very awkward, painful jealousy speech where she's like, everybody looked at Edward and so did Bella. And then all of a sudden, Ed was looking at Bella, and Bella wasn't even the captain of the volleyball team. She fucking said that! Like, girl, it doesn't matter anymore. They're married. (laughs) Renee got on stage and sang. Charlie was just like, Ed's going to be a good husband, and I know that because I'm a cop, and cops know things. Like how to hunt you down to the ends of the earth. (laughs) I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I got married, my dad's wedding speech was all about, you know how most dads, when they give a wedding speech, it's going to be about how like, hey, take care of my daughter. Like, make sure you look after her. My dad's wedding speech was the opposite. It was, hey, Sarah, you better fucking take care of Brandon because he is a mess without you. Just look at him. Have you seen me? Yeah. (laughs) He was like threatening my life to take care of Brandon. And I was sitting there like, dad. I just, I love the idea that like you and Brandon turn to a life of crime and you both end up in jail and your dad shows up to bail you guys out. And he's just like, Sarah, what the fuck? And you're like, Brandon's here too. And he's like, he can't help himself. (laughs) You're the responsible one. What? I told you to take care of him. I so I I am not the responsible one. I am just the one who is capable of like speaking to other people 
on a regular basis. There has to be one in the relationship. Because, like, I'm the same way. Brandon and I are very similar people. More so pre-transition for me. Mm-hmm. We've, I've gotten very different since the beginning of my transition. But pre-transition, me and Brandon were extremely similar to the point of us, like, consistently saying the exact same thing at the exact same time yeah um and we're also similar in the sense that i am i will do everything in my power to avoid communicating with somebody that i don't know on a personal level my ex used to get pissed because i would be like oh i need to go find this item at a store but I don't know if the store's open because it's like a specialty store. And she's like, call the store. I'm like, no, I'm just going to drive there. She's like, why don't you just call the store? I'm like, I don't like talking on the phone. She's like, we're going to drive all the way to the store and you could just call them. You're going to waste all that time of gas. I'm like, I'm talking on the phone. No, not doing it. I'd rather drive there. (laughs) See, here's where, I mean, not just here, lots of instances of where me and your ex differ. I would have called the store. (laughs) She would do that. Okay. She would like, it's just sometimes she would just be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, absolutely. I can get like that sometimes. Uh, His other big thing is he doesn't like to go through the drive-thru. And so he was working on that. He was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be able to go through the drive-thru. Because anytime we would go somewhere, if there was the chance that we were going to have to go through a drive-thru to get like food or something, I have to drive. I had to drive. Okay. So he was getting better about it. And then his driver's side window broke. And so now he has every excuse to not go through the drive-thru. See, I have a new reason why I hate drive-thrus and stuff. Is it because they misgender you? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. They say sir and stuff. Except for sometimes. I don't know what it is, but every once in a while I get somebody to drive through that, like, when I pull up, they're, like, they don't gender me when I'm talking. Until I pull up and like I give me the, I give them my card and they call me ma'am and stuff and I'm like, it's the boobies. Why is it only some people? <laughs> it's the boobies. Some people are just more observant about them than others. If someone calls you ma'am, you know they checking out your titties. Everybody be checking out my titties. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> back to the movie. So as I was saying, um, part of Jacob's improved character was during the wedding scene when he showed up which they had he still got upset about the honeymoon but it no longer came off like jealous rage that he wasn't the one getting to fuck bella it was very much a you're going to die bella if you let him fuck you while you're a human why would you do that i'm scared yeah he later no go ahead it didn't end up with like everyone dragging him off either like, the others showed up and, like, Sam pushed him back and was like, no. And then he walked off on his own, which was a much more reasonable picture than the way it was described in the book where there's multiple wolves, like, snooting him back into the woods. Yeah. they even make, He even makes a comment later on um, in the movie, which is not something that we got to see because... It wasn't in his perspective at this point, but he was like, what do you think they'll say happened to her? Like, do you think they'll say that she like tripped and fell off a cliff or got in a car accident? Because he thinks that she's just going to die from having sex with Edward. Yep. <laughs> so it's it's a very legitimate concern in the movie as opposed to the way it was portrayed in the book. 
and it was much more clear because in the book if you remember when we talked about it i was like i have no idea what the fuck that means and the only reason i understood what happened in that scene is because you told me yeah well not because you told me but i read it in your notes because i didn't realize they were talking about sex yeah but in the movie it was much more clear and i mean the movie has an easier time of that because they have intonation and like the faces and actions of the characters to play off of so it's easier to read that kind of thing and in the book she just did like she was just like what if i just let people assume that's what's happening and don't make any reference to it it's because they refuse like so in when we were reading the summary for eclipse and i was like cringing because they kept using the word make love or the phrase make love that's not even used in the book. What if they just they don't use it any make phrase it the whole time? <laughs> Ew. But like <laughs> in the book, Ed just walks on screen. Robert Pattinson's like, "Hey, hey, Bella, you want to go make some whoopee?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad. Um. They don't even say, like, they don't even talk about, like, they they imply it by saying that Bella's, like, horny. They don't say she's horny. They just, like, have her, like, make out with him and and stuff. But, like, they never say, like, I want to have sex with you. It's the most sanitized references to sexual intercourse that you could find. Mm -hmm. To the point of it being somehow more sanitized than a clinical description yeah. of sexual intercourse. It's so sanitized that Emmy didn't even know what they were talking about. And that's impressive. You can ask Sarah. Um, I'm gonna for my sense of humor, I'm an amazingly not sexual person. Yeah. But my sense of humor is extremely sexual. So the fact that I didn't pick up Yeah. <laughs> It's because they were just dancing around it rather than just like saying, I don't know. It's so and dumb. The, I hate but it. But then once they had it, they caught, they, Ed was just like, I'm not having sex with you again. And just said it outright. And I'm like, why? Why did you spend three books and a hundred pages more leading to this point and you finally used the word sex? I think it's. <laughs> Because he was trying to be blunt and clear in that moment because of the fact that he really thought he was going to kill her. So I think him being like, I am not going to have sex with you again, was a way of him saying, like, I'm making this as clear as fucking possible. Let's talk about the maturity level of an individual that won't even refer to sex as sex because they think it sounds weird to say they want to have sex. So they beat around the bush. Should that person be having sex no no i need to tell you listening audience that if you are incapable of saying the word sex uh vagina penis you can't have sex like no. you have to be can, able to talk about them defend vagina a little bit only because i stand by the fact that it is for, for the concept that it's describing, it's not a pretty sounding word. No, neither is penis. I mean, we have words that we can use to describe them in literature. But in real life, you do need to be able to say the words vagina, penis, and 
sex. Or if you're gay, you only need to have to say one of those. One of the one of the genital parts. Congratulations. You have you have an easy way out. You only have to be able to say one of them. No. I I have the other one. Doesn't mean so. you have to say it. My enormous clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> That was the most disgusting thing I think has ever been said on no stinky period was I think a little bit more disgusting than that. Ooh, throwback to like episode two. Oh yeah. Um Josh Josh texted me about that one. He was upset. He didn't like it. Good, I hold first and second place. <laughs> Brandon said something to me last night that was so no, I said stinky period. Wait, you? I thought I did. No, was that was about... me. Because I was talking about how Stephanie Meyer, for some reason, has the impression that people can't smell blood. And so she has a stinky period. And her husband was like, I can't smell blood to protect her feelings. Okay, I thought we were talking about when Ed like, smells it when, he comes in, when she comes in the room. And I was talking <laughs> about whether or not she was on her period. <laughs> Both of those oh, are good. Both of those are good. Um, what did you say to Brandon? What did, oh, no. Or last Brandon night, Brandon said, said something so disgusting that I will not repeat it. And the like. Oh, is this going to be like the cut that we made? About no, no. Content and we never tell the audience what it was. I mean, I'm not even going to tell you because it's that disgusting. And, and I texted him this morning and I was like, the worst part about you saying that disgusting thing to me last night is that I can't tell anyone about it. And he said, I know. That's why I said it, little heart. I, oh, I thought it'd be the worst thing about it would be it was so disgusting that you can't get it out of your brain. And now every time you go to make Whoopi with him, you'll be thinking of it. I might. I I might. Honestly, it might ruin it for a while for me. Be like four months from now. And Brandon's just like, I still haven't had sex. No, wait. Actually, I do think I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, but I will cut it out. Audience, you're not gonna get to hear it, but Emmy is gonna get to hear it, and I, 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 because I want to know her reaction, and I want it. I want to. <laughs> oh, good. So we, I need to. We need to make sure there's a good space between this, so they hear this whole lead up. Yes. And then you telling me, and then my reaction, so that we can get the front and the back end. Yes. Okay. So. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't just turn you asexual. <laughs> Fuck. I told you. <laughs> Are you filing for a divorce? Is my question. No. I'm not filing for a divorce. Um, it was bad, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're done. We're done with that. Back to the movie. So they go on their trip. They did not stop in Houston. No, they didn't stop in Houston. Emmy was very upset about it. But they did give us a wonderful street scene. Uh, what country were they in? Were they in, or were Rio. They in Rio de Janeiro? Rio de Janeiro. Okay, so they are in Rio de Janeiro. 
Uh, and they give us this wonderful street scene of, I'm guessing, a festival going on. So there's people dancing to music everywhere. Either that or the director of this movie just assumes that any place that doesn't have majority white people is constantly <laughs> playing music and have people dancing in the streets. Um, but there were lots of multiracial couples all about, you know, getting their uh, their minorities in and just these two pasty ass motherfuckers standing on the screen <laughs> dancing. They danced uh, for about three seconds and then started to kiss and then it cut away to them getting on the boat. Which, by the way, the kiss scene was egregiously long in the wedding. Oh, yeah. Like, I kept thinking it was going to end because they would do some kind of cut and then it would cut back and it was still happening. Like, it did... <laughs> It started and it was it was just focused on K Stu and Rob Pat's lips just mashing into each other. And then it starts and I'm like, just stop. Just stop. And then it circles their head and it shows the audience empty. And so Sarah is like, oh well, obviously that is supposed to be like symbolic. They don't see anyone else there. And it finishes circling. And Brandon's just coming around and fucking dragging Sarah off with a belt now. This is what happens when your husband comes home when you're in the middle of a recording. As I was saying. As you were saying. Finishes the spin. Cuts to the audience watching. Then I'm like, okay, the kiss is done. Cuts back. They're still kissing. And I'm like, what the? I, this is legit like a solid 30, 45 seconds of just them kissing on screen. It was... It's and it's not one of those things where like it was awkward to watch because like they looked uncomfortable because as you said many times while watching this there actually was chemistry between them in this movie as opposed to the previous movies but it was just that it went on so long that it was just weird that it didn't stop sooner oh yeah it was um we kept because I I I pointed. <laughs> So it spins around and there's like no one in the audience, right? And I was like, Emmy was like, oh, are they still kissing? And everybody left. And then it spins back around and the audience is all there. And I was like, oh, they all came back. Oh, they just wanted to check. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like an extended fantasy inside Bella's head. Okay. But still, it was like so much. There were so many of these lingering moments throughout the movie. I said this at one point that like, this, the amount of story they had to tell, they were slow rolling so many little moments where it was just like this really long extended shot where I was just like, guys. No, straight up. I said it when we were watching it and I'll say it again. I know why they broke it into two parts and it's because teen girls going to see these movies were going to fucking make bank uh -huh, for them. Absolutely. But they really could have just return of the king to this shit yeah just made it really long this could have been a three and a half four hour movie and just been the whole I, honestly i we haven't read the second part yet so i don't know how much really happens in that half of the book. i don't remember i don't remember there being enough for a whole, whole movie but that's how i felt going to this movie because i was thinking i was sitting there thinking about it last night before we watched it and I was walking like chapter through chapter what happened, just like laying in bed, staring into the darkness <clears throat> and trying to figure out how they would make this a full movie 
with just the first half of the book and how they would actually make it a full story because this half of the book doesn't really have like the kind of arc that you need a movie to follow yeah at all (laughs) it's so interesting to me um because i recently watched okay so there is this like subgenre of like bad romance books that started as fan fictions for other bad romance things right you mean 50 shades of gray is a category (laughs) well so there's this other book series called after and there's five books in it and it started as a horny harry styles wattpad fan fiction but then it just became this like wild insane like it was the most read series on wattpad and imagine writing a fan fiction about a real live person. It's very common. It's very, very common. That's horrifying. Yes, though. it is. So, um, but they've come out with two movies in that series so far. And a friend of mine watched the first one and she was like, I don't care what your schedule is. You need to watch this movie, please. And she told me a little bit about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking watch it. Is this our next bonus episode? <laughs> We should do it, honestly. We should watch. You should watch these movies and and talk about them with me because it's so much. But anyway, Sounds like a lovely bonus episode. Something that I realized when watching those movies, as well as how we've watched the Twilight movies, is that these weird, larger than life romance movies that like are highly beloved by like young women. Not saying anything wrong with young women, obviously. Um, uteruses are 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 produced in such a way that each movie is not like a complete story. It's like if all of the movies don't get made, you're fucked because like you're never gonna finish the story. The first Twilight movie and the first After movie both had sort of an ending that was like, okay, this is fine. Except for you see Victoria at the end of the Twilight movie. So it's, you know. Um, But at that point, they also had it where like, they knew they were. Yeah, it was already pretty well known that they were going to make the next movie. But it's like, it's, that's not the way it is with like, and I guess Star Wars is another example of something that was like, you, you had to have the whole series. Except... The first Star Wars movie was complete. Like it did it did tell the whole story except for like Darth Vader was still out there obviously. But like if you only had the first Star Wars movie, I don't think it would have been that catastrophic for moviegoers. But like and Lord of the Rings is another example. However, they made all three of those movies all at the same time. So there was never an issue of like are the rest of the movies going to get made? The difference with, because I was going to, because I, since I referenced Lord of the Rings, I was actually going to specify that Lord of the Rings specifically, while it does have, uh, well, they did do the extra long movies, they technically don't have a full story arc within each movie that mm-hmm. you would see normally. Yeah. Um, but the Lord of the Rings was never meant to be broken up to begin with. Yeah. It was broken up after the fact into three parts. It was all one story. <clears throat> So yeah. it didn't really, there was no expectation that it would follow that. Absolutely. 
Um, and so it's like these these weird, large, like saga romance movies. It's like it feels so odd watching them only one at a time because you're like the end because the end of this movie is her waking up as a vampire. Right. Which is the end of of the first part of the Twilight of the Twilight book of Breaking Dawn, sort of. Um, but we don't see it in Breaking Dawn. Yeah. But it's just like, man, like, can you, I, I don't understand, I, I like watching those movies, like, as they came out, as I did originally, um, must have been mind-numbing. Like, I don't understand, like, it's just weird to me, because it's like, the, like, my go-to movie series is the Scream series, um, but all, every single one of those movies is done at the end of that movie. Like, obviously they are sequels to each other, but... At the end of Scream 1, it's over. Then you have the sequel, but at the end of Scream 2, it's over. And you can keep going if you create new a- new assets for the story, but the story is still done at the end of each movie. And it could be done forever. I'm okay with, with a case like this where it not being done at the end. It's just the fact that there's not... There's not a story arc throughout yeah. that follows a normal story arc pattern. Yeah. Like, if you're going to break it down to the most basic elementary concepts people know about, the whole rising action, climax, that kind of thing. Like, it's just kind of, at least in the, they did a good job in the movie of literally <clears throat> just making shit up yeah. to make the movie work. Uh, to the point where the movie is significant. We'll get to those scenes, but the, the movie is just significantly better than the book because of the changes they made uh, to turn it into an actual s- somewhat standalone story. Yeah, absolutely. But when you look at what happened in the just the book, there's no real story arc. It's There's tension created by Bella's pregnancy when it happens. It almost felt like a background situation for a lot of the movie. Like, it felt like the Jacob movie. It felt like we were watching B-sides. Yes. (laughs) Like, it felt like the B storyline was just, for some reason, the only thing we were allowed to watch. Which is how a lot of the the first part of the book was. But still, it was just, I don't know. Really takes you out of it. Anyways. They go to the island. Uh movie did a really good job of giving them an actual island getaway instead of the description in the book, which made it seem like a super wealthy white ho- family home from upstate New York was just dropped on a tropical island. Yeah. Um, we got to see Bella's wonderful <clears throat> panic scene. That was the best scene in the whole movie! Of her, her, like, trying to get ready to go have sex. She, first of all, apparently Sarah puts water on her toothbrush after she puts the toothpaste on it. Yes, I do. And I will, for, I will forgive that. I think it's strange, but I'll forgive that. That's not a problem. What is a problem is that Bella takes the toothpaste out to brush her teeth and literally, like, drags this thing across the tip of the toothbrush like she's taking the head off of a murderer <laughs> it's like she's never yard. brushed her and, teeth before and like you see the toothpaste just go everywhere she's anxious she i'll it. get i'll get i'll let her i'll let it slide Look, because she's so anxious no 
I have had panic attacks. I have had daily panic attacks at one point that made me contemplate taking my own life because it was so hard to deal with. Do you know what I still managed to do? Put my fucking toothpaste on my toothbrush properly. <laughs> I, for one, when I experience daily panic attacks, simply don't brush my teeth because it's too much <laughs> effort. <laughs> there you go. Actually, that's also an accurate portrayal. Yeah. <laughs> But so she freaks out and she looks at the lingerie and she's like, <laughs> fucking the lingerie. <laughs> she just picks it up and she's just staring at it with this face that just says, what the fuck, Alice? Why go fuck yourself, you stupid fuck? And just throws it down and just picks up the next piece. Uh, but then she goes out naked anyway. She's sitting on the, on the floor and she's like, oh, don't be a coward. And she gets up and she just goes out completely nude. We all know that line would have been much better if she was just like, don't be a pussy. <laughs> don't be a pussy. Go. Uh, that's that's one of the things where I'm like, I wonder how much these movies would be improved or just like media like this in general, if they talked like normal people would. Yes. If more. instead of trying to cater to a PG 13 rating, they just said, fuck it and let people swear and like be normal. Love that. So uh, she goes out to have sex with them, and Kristen Stewart was not willing to sell her ass. No, you don't get to see her booty. There, she is naked, but you don't see anything except her the small of her back and up, and then Rob Pat just staring at her tits. (laughs) He was definitely staring straight at her titties, and it was so clear. And then you could see when they cut to the front to do the frontal shot that they tried to make it look like he was looking at anything else, but it was very clearly just boobies. Boobies. Well, I mean, he'd never seen them before. Who knows if he's ever seen naked breasts before? Then they go inside and they fuck and he breaks the bed. And first of all, here's my first little piece of trivia for you. Um... Fun fact, I pulled up the IMDb trivia page for this one. I'm just going to be throwing shit out. Probably more of it at the end than throughout. It's just I'd already read one of these. Um, So the sex scene between Ed and Bella actually resulted in the movie being given an R rating originally. So they had to reshoot it. And Rob Pat and the director blamed it on Kristen Stewart because she got so into it. Um that she was like thrusting a lot and that's what raised the rating because <laughs> if you're like too vigorous with it and it's viewed as too explicit in the mpaa will will give it a higher rating oh my god she was too horny just like bella and like, she got into her character yeah for sure um <clears throat> then the next morning comes First of all, so they show the bed broken apart. (laughs) And I could not stop because they had it in a few different shots before the second sex scene where it ends up just totally destroyed. Um, But they had the bed frame where it's like this. It's a four poster bed. bed. Yeah, it's a four poster bed, but where it has the rails across the top. Yeah, it's like a canopy on the top. But they had broken the top piece of the rail off and, like, part of the uh, the posts. 
and then shifted it down like it was snapped but they shifted it so that the uh top part of the post that broke off was aligned with the bottom part of the post and it clearly just been like drilled into it to keep it stable so you just have these posts that are just perfectly aligned and would not be sitting like that normally. And they're just very evident right there in the background of multiple shots. And it's so hard not to look at once you see it. Oh, like, yeah. Just break it. Just break it entirely. Why would you do that with it? Him leaving her alone in that bed with it being like all fucked up and falling apart is hilarious because she's so danger prone that that stuff was bound to fall on her head what if the story what if the whole book had ended with one of them just falling on her head and killing her jacob was right but not for the reasons he thought so they they have oh go ahead what were you gonna say i was gonna talk about the bruises oh yeah yeah okay so she has these bruises she's got like three bruises She's not nearly after sex. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's not nearly as fucked up as they make it seem. She's just got like a couple of bruises. She's got like three right on her arm where his, like you could see where his fingers were. They're, they're small. They're like maybe the size of his fingertips. And they aren't like nasty bruises either. They just look like normal bruises. And then on her shoulder, she had like one kind of sprawling bruise that was a little bit bigger, but still like, it literally looked like bruises that you could normally expect to get from a heated bout of sexual intercourse. I had a worse bruise covering the entire back of my hand for multiple weeks because I hit my hand on the door while I was doing laundry. I just, it, it just made. Yeah. Ed's thing even dumber. Oh, yeah. If she had had, like, a bunch of bruises, I probably would have understood. But even then, she was like, I don't care. And honestly, I thought that it was just a failure on makeup's part until we got to the end of the movie. And they did such a good fucking job that they obviously could have made it worse and just didn't. Yeah, I think they just didn't want to make it too brutal or it would have been, like, a red flag. But they don't shy away from it in other places, which is just weird. Yeah. Um, But then they do the whole montage of her, like, doing various things to try to seduce Edward. Like, at one point, she's just, like, standing in the doorway in some lingerie, and he's just laughing, and he rolls over onto his face onto the pillow, because he's like, fuck! (laughs) Or when they jump off the cliff. (laughs) <laughs> that was one of my favorites they jump off the cliff and she just like they're in the water like near this waterfall and she like climbs up around him and starts making out with him and all of a sudden he just disappears underwater and appears downstream yeah. like 30 <laughs> yards yeah and then he like he's like oh, like he tries to get a hold of himself and then he goes back <laughs> or then when she climbs into bed in like a little outfit like little lingerie outfit just laying there with her butt up in the air just like mm. oh my god yeah and he just literally takes the sheet and just covers her butt yeah see well, this is what we're talking about fucking comedic genius in the beginning of this absolutely movie. hilarious and then we get to the second sex scene where she wakes up from a sexy dream but the sexy dream is just her beating his ass in chess and then they start making out and they and it's implied that they fuck but like (laughs) it it was great 
the bed is thoroughly destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I believe it's soon after this that we get the introduction of the locals. Yeah. The cleaning crew. (laughs) And they come in and they're all like suspicious and terrified. And Edward is laughing because he's like, they think that I'm going to eat you or whatever. And then they they go into the bedroom and it's all torn apart. And they're like, oh, my God. And the, the man, the man walks out holding the entire fucking headboard. Just carrying staring at added bella on the couch (laughs) just like yeah we had a good time oh my god (laughs) so they they run through the rest of it real quick um we don't get any eggs there's no eggs in the movie i i it would have been great if there were eggs and it was Emmett just showed up in the middle of their room <laughs> with a bag of eggs and gave them to them and just left beautiful <laughs> but it's pretty soon after this that she has the oh no i'm pregnant thing um <clears throat> alice calls Bella answers the phone. The screen isn't even on. So how she answers the phone, I don't know. They did that multiple times in the movie where, like, they just don't understand how phones work. Steffi actually texted me before, like, when we were starting to watch this and was just throwing out facts. Like, the fact that Stephanie Meyer's in the wedding scene. Yeah. (laughs) And she mentions that when uh, Bella calls Rosalie, there's nothing on screen. Yeah. But it's also when Alice calls, there's not like the screen doesn't even light up when Alice calls. She just yeah. pulls out this blank screen phone and just start talking to it. Yeah. Um. And then Ed's like, we gotta go. And local lady who's concerned shows up. And is yelling at Ed and calling him a demon. And thank God the movie decided that they were going to have us actually see this conversation because in the book, you don't know anything that's said. Stephanie Meyer doesn't even write it in Portuguese and they never talk about it again. Yeah. So we have no idea what this conversation was, which is really fucked up, (laughs) but they actually put it in the movie at least. And then the woman's just like, you're gonna, you're, you're a fucking demon. You're a fucking demon, bro. He's like, please just help her. I don't want her to die. So she go and touches Bella's, Bella's And belly. she uses her foreigner magic. <laughs> I, I, as I said, it's the brown people magic. It's literally just like, they're not white. That means they're magical, right? They can just like yeah. She like goes up and she's powers. like, "May I touch your stomach?" Well, she doesn't say that in so many words, but she's like, you know. And then Bella's like, "Yeah," and so she does, and then she just goes, "Death," and then walks away. I okay. I'm not sure exactly what the word was because it's Portuguese, which isn't the same as Spanish. It's probably something it's, along the lines of muerte. muerta or muerte. muerte. One of those two. Yeah. So, so similar, <laughs> not the same, muerte. but similar. Just walks out. Yeah. And then they go back and we see Bella during their like going back time where she pulls out the phone and just calls Rosalie. But she literally pulls out the phone, hits the power button on the side, does nothing else and just holds it up to her ear. And it's so and it's funny because like, if you don't have the subtitles on to have it say like Rosalie when she says, hey, what's up or whatever, 
then you don't know who she's calling. She just calls a random female voice on the phone. I've said this before. These book, these movies rely heavily on the idea that you've seen, you've read the books before you've seen the movies. I know plenty of people who never read the books, who only watched the movies. I can only imagine how confusing it must have been. Fucking. Mm. So they go back and we have the whole scene where Charlie is talking to Jacob and Billy and he explains that Bella's sick. And so Jacob goes out to the Collins place and Bella is fucked up. Uh, (laughs) Also, at some point in there, we see Charlie uh, making eyes at Sue. (laughs) Sue Clearwater. She is with Charlie or Billy in like 10 scenes in this movie. And it and with Billy, it looks like she's just there with him, but it is very clear what's happening with Charlie. Oh yeah. And it's very creepy because it's been less than a year since her husband died. And her husband was like his best friend. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy um. wasn't much to look at, but damn. He was nice. As I said to you when we were watching it, the best part about it is that it means technically Seth and Leah would actually be Bella and the Cullens' brother and sister. Yes! Uh, So we have the scene where Jacob is... I I can't remember exactly the order of things because it's all so stupid. He runs to the Cullens, finds out what's going on with Bella, And then Ed's like, hey, I need to talk to you. And then takes him downstairs and outside and is like, yo, convince her not to do this. But doesn't ask him to fuck Bella. Good. And then Jake goes in and tries and she's like, I'm not going to listen. Yeah, no shit. So then he deuces and just turns into a wolf in the middle of the woods. Oh no, this scene! And yes, this is the worst scene in the movie. So he's going back and you get these flashes of like, I guess it's the wolf, how the wolves process thoughts. So it's just like all these echoing words of their conversation, <clears throat> like flashes of images um, from him talking to Bella. So he gets back to the pack. All of them are wolves and they all have this meeting and they're all just screaming at each other, like over each other, which I guess makes sense because they're in a hive mind kind of deal but the voice acting and the sound effects that they use are so bad it is genuinely terrible i felt like i was watching an anime for kids from the 90s that had been dubbed in english level of bad voice acting it was terrible i (sighs) sam and Jacob fighting was one of the cringiest things I have ever seen in this series because he's Sam's like we're going to kill him even though previously we had a scene which was not in the book where Sam was like the Cullens are not a threat to us and Jacob's like but the treaty says and Sam is like no I say and him basically being like fuck whatever the treaty says the Cullens are good we're gonna trust them and, and now he also he implying that if Bella is turned, then it's fine. Like that was the implication of that scene. Yes. That that and it was very clear where Sam stood on that. Now he's like, well, we don't know what they was gonna do, so we gotta kill him. And oddly enough, Bella Jacob's like, no, even though 
literally a few minutes before that's in the movie, he was ready to kill people. It is the weirdest flip-flop that doesn't make any fucking sense with even in the world of the movie. It's like they had to do it because that's how the story goes. I understand Jacob like flipping on that specifically only because it suddenly became, oh, we're going to kill Bella. Because he even said right now, like while it's still in her, like implying that he was okay with killing the vampire baby, but he was like, wait, no, she still has it in her. You can't just kill her because Sam was like, we're doing this tonight. And Jacob was like, tonight? What do you mean? It's, it's once again, one of the things with, uh, with these works where it's not that all of it's necessarily a problem. Some of the ind- individual pieces are okay, but when you can pile them all into one yeah. whole, they just like build off of each other into one bigger problem. Oh yeah, for sure. But Jacob just like stands up to Sam finally, like literally stands up to him and goes snoot to snoot and is like, I am the grandson of the great Ephraim Black. I belt no one. <laughs> it was super bad. And he ran away and he ran back and he changed and he goes to talk to Edward and he's standing like 50 feet away from him. And he's like, they're coming for you. And it's like looking over uh Edward's shoulder to look at Jake and it's like they're coming for you and they do this weird crossfade from looking over Edward's shoulder to shifting around to looking over Jacob's shoulder and it was <laughs> it was Some so weird work in this movie was wacky oh yeah absolutely wacky that's exactly what I would call it and then Seth shows up Seth being good boy He's so good. He's so good. I pointed this out while we were watching it. He reminds me so much of Peter Parker to Jacob's like Tony Stark, where he's just following him around. Just like, all right, part of the team. And Jacob's like, shut up. And he's like, I can shut up doing it right now. (laughs) And then Leah shows up and people keep being an asshole to Leah. The movies do not make the treatment of Leah any better. They just make it worse. Because the scene when Jacob's early in the movie talking about um, <clears throat> what they're going to say, like lie about for Bella to like explain Bella's disappearance or death. Um, the other like uh, Quill and Embry are talking to him and talking about how he can't just kill Bella if she becomes a vampire. And what he's going to do. And Leah comes in and just starts having the same conversation with them. And Jacob turns to her and is like, shut up, Leah. (laughs) (laughs) She she comes over and she's like, no, he's going to make one of us do it. And then he'll hold a grudge against us. And he was like, shut up, Leah. (laughs) It's like, she's right. (laughs) She just joined in the exact same conversation you were already having. Yeah. Being a bitch to her. (laughs) He's so mean to her. He's meaner to her in the movies than he is in the books. And this, the problem, that problem arises from the sheer fact that they have to cut so much of the bullshit out of the movie that was in the book. So you don't get a lot of those like really extended scenes of dialogue. So you miss out on a lot of the like actual development of Jacob and Leah as their relationship grows. Which they, yeah, they, they cut it down to one scene. Um, where they, where he agrees to take Leah in and then starts being nice to her. Um, but yeah, they, it's not that they cut out most, but it's like, it literally didn't exist anymore. Yeah. It was just Leah being like, 
I just want to get away from Sam. And and Jacob's like, okay. Yeah. And that was the development. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her speech was pretty good where she was like, being unwanted is nothing <clears throat> new to me. And she's like, she turns and walks away. And then she goes and she says, um, I will stay out of your way. I'll do whatever you want. I just do not want to be Sam's pathetic ex-girlfriend that he can't get away from. And that made my heart go, oh. Because like... She even says earlier in the movie that she wishes more than anything that she could imprint just so that she wouldn't have to feel the way that she felt about Sam anymore. Which sucks. She's really like the worst victim of circumstance. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So shit just keeps happening. Um, be honest i don't remember much beyond oh the, the they need to hunt yeah they need to hunt but the movie they decided to up the stakes because it needed to happen by actually having the pack that hadn't uh gone to me yeah um surround the cullen's residence so that they could attack them the moment they tried to leave which is smart and probably what would happen and builds (laughs) a lot more tension than just like them being like no they're not here they're like i know they said they wanted to kill all of you but they're gone yeah so it keeps all of them trapped and they're all like we need food so finally you see uh carlisle esme and emmett make a break for it to get bella more blood because they figure out that bella needs blood they also need to Um, hunt as well because carlisle needs to be in like top form to have bella give birth so we see them, uh, Jacob, instead of part of the pack coming to talk to them, Jacob goes out to the pack to start a conversation and basically tricks most of the remaining members into turning human to talk to him and then lies about sending uh, the Clearwaters back. Yeah. But he doesn't tell them anything. So that's actually a really smart move uh, on his part. So they th- they're reacting genuinely to everything the packs react and genuinely to everything he's the only one that knows what's going on so then we just see two of only two of the pack members are left chasing carlisle and esme and emmett through the woods and emmett's just like they're trying they're like ganging upon esme and emmett just runs in and starts beating the shit out of them proving my point (laughs) once again that the entire pack would not be able to kill one emmett cullen (laughs) no it comes back to that in one of the last scenes as well so they run off and they get away to go get shit. Um, and they're, the pack is pissed at Jacob for tricking them. Um, and he goes back and Bella bloods. I think the baby starts happening. Then. Yeah, that's we that's, skipped that, the scene where they, she they drank blood, but like it wasn't important. No. Um, but so then she like tells them the baby names, like it was going to be Edward Jacob if it was a boy and it was going to be Renesme if it was a girl. So fucking dumb. And then, um, the baby happens. The scene is fucking brutal. Both of us had to take our headphones off at some point. Yeah, we didn't hear it. Because. Most of it. Yeah, luckily subtitles exist, but like there's, there's a lot of bone breaking and I am very squeamish. I know you were also squeamish. I didn't want to have to hear the bone breaking. I, I listened to it once when I saw it in theaters like 10 years ago. Oh God, 10, like, oh God, it was almost 10 years Don't ago. Don't think about it. Oh God. 
Um, and I barely made it through her drinking the blood. Yeah. Like I, it was, I that was, was like, I was like, just pretend it's not blood. And you were like, <laughs> nah, it was. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So they, they do the birth scene. Rosalie has to be dragged out. Um, the baby happens. And then Bella is just like actively dying. And Edward's just like holding the baby. And I was so mad because I was like, why are you not just biting her immediately? Okay, so I made a comment during the scene where I was like, this is fucking disgusting because the baby's all bloody and covered in chunks. And keep in mind that Ed literally bit this child out of Bella. This is not a standard, like, C-section or birth canal birth. So I, which is one of the reasons it grossed me out because I'm like, what the fuck is it, is covering that child at this point? Mm -hmm. Um... According to the trivia, they used strawberry jam and cream cheese mixed together to simulate the blood and shit on top of the newborn. Oh my god, that is disgusting. Yes. Why would you not use prop blood? It's a multi-million dollar movie franchise. Just use prop blood. I know it is a baby, but most prop blood is, like, corn syrup. So, like, I've had plenty of prop oh, no, blood they even use a real inside baby. of my mouth. Why? We don't need well, to talk about it. But it's okay, not, so like, I know it's a baby. Well, they they said they used a puppet and a, three, a real three-week-old baby for the birth scene. And I don't know which is which. <laughs> okay. I don't think there was any real baby ever. I don't did I I don't think I saw a single real baby because the CGI baby at the end was certainly not a real baby. It it says that they used a real three week old baby. Okay, well you know, but you know that baby at the end is like straight CGI, right? Yes. Yeah, because okay, I'm just making sure you know that's not what babies fucking look like. Um, because they Are originally sure? had they were going to use a baby, but then they had a puppet. That was really horrifying to look at. And then they wound up going with the CG baby because the puppet was absolutely atrocious. I'm, g- I'm going to find you the puppet. Oh, there it is. First result. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Why? Post that to Twitter for people. I will. See. That's horrifying. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's um, it's it's atrocious. So yeah, Bella dies on the table. And unlike in the book, Jacob actually waited till she died to start trying to get her CPR. Um and then when he gives up and Rosalie takes the baby, Ed starts trying and Jacob just watches him. And Ed's panicking and Jacob's like, "I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to just let you suffer." Yeah. And it's pretty, it's, that, that, that little tidbit was actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty tense. intense. The way he was like, you deserve leaves. this. Goes to kill the baby. And then prints. And we get all, no, he, he goes just, outside and cries first. That's when oh, I almost cried. Cry. Because I was like, oh my God, poor movie Jacob. Then he goes back inside and he's about to kill the baby. And then prints. And apparently gets the ability to see into the future because he starts seeing this child as like a small child and then a teen and then an adult 
like growing up and like what she's gonna look like in the future and like this is what this is the weirdest shit why is he premonitioning all over the place i you Um, know you made a comment when that happened that made it like an iota less terrifying and awful but like it's still really bad and we can all agree that it's still really bad but you had said that like if i saw this baby and i got a flash forward of her being like an adult and being like beautiful and wonderful and us having a happy life together I think I would just leave and then come back when she was an adult and then maybe we could make this happen. Yeah, like in the world where I'm effectively an immortal, I would just be like, what if I just stay out of this individual? I know I'm going to end up with this individual and I can't avoid that. And I'm an immortal. I'm just going to leave and not be around. Mm Mm-hmm. Until this individual is a fully functioning adult. Yeah. Um, still bad. He still falls still in bad. love with the baby. Still terrible. Still falls in love with the fucking baby. And I'm not, I'm not going to scream this episode. I think some listeners got the wrong idea. I was not actually upset. Like, I mean, I was like upset. I'm upset that this exists, that this man falls in love with a baby. But I'm not like bit. actually like emotionally affected by it. As soon as we were done with that episode, we stopped recording. And my first words were, ah, that was a good bit. That was a good bit. I'm glad we did that. That was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he imprints. And then the pack finds out that Bella died. So they all go out there to kill the Cullens. And even with only three of the Cullens there and none of the and and zero of the werewolves that are there taking part these six werewolves do not manage to take anyone down before the rest get involved oh yeah they one had alice pinned oh it was so good one of them had alice pinned and she was like holding it by its mouth and then leah comes out of nowhere and just fucking rips into them and tackles them to the ground yeah then leah shows up and uh, Jacob jumps in, and the the other Im- Cullens show arrives. up first. Oh, do they? Okay, so the other Cullens show up, and then and then the three werewolves. Yeah, because remember around. Emmett fucking bodies like three of the werewolves by oh, himself, proving for like the twelfth time that these that these werewolves stand no chance against the Cullens if they have at least two normal vampires and one Emmett. <laughs> All you need is two vampires and an Emmett. That's all you need. You can take on a hundred werewolves. <laughs> but then Jake runs out and he starts screaming at them and then he shifts into a wolf. He shits? He shifts. He phases into a wolf. And that's when it's re- discovered that he has imprinted on Renezme and that yeah. their most sacred law is that you cannot harm someone that has been imprinted on. Yeah, Ed is reading his mind, and that's how Ed finds out. Yeah. So Ed just finds out that his baby daughter has been imprinted on by Jacob and is like, haha, Sam, you can't kill any of us now. Mm-hmm. And Sam just like backs away. And this was one of the biggest changes that the movie made. Yeah, yeah, for book. sure. I mean, obviously, having the other wolves stay and like create a perimeter was one of them, but then having them run in at the end and actually attack and then having that twist was great 
And if I was Stephanie Meyer, I would be kicking my own ass for not having written that into the book to begin with. Yeah. Because the werewolves have pretty staunchly been on the side of following their walls most of the series. So using that against them is heckin' genius. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Then after that scene, they have the scene they basically show the process of Bella turning into a vampire at which point I started screaming because I was like oh no oh no they unbreak her spine I forgot about that and we both had to take our headphones off again and watch as she just like snaps back (laughs) back together and just like all the colors change and it becomes more vibrant and beautiful the blue film on the entire like movie has like finally been removed and uh then she opens her eyes and she's vampire and that's the end of the movie except for the post credit oh except for the post credit scene where they kill bianca because she has bad spelling (laughs) yeah bianca comes in with a note where she took a message from carlisle talking uh explaining the new addition to the cullen clan um and Arrow is very angry at her improper spelling of Carlisle because she left out the S. And apparently she didn't use correct grammar, but I don't know where. because He doesn't explain. He doesn't explain. But she used improper grammar and misspelled Carlisle's name. So they had her killed. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other members were like, well, at least we don't have to deal with that anymore. She's a vampire now. We don't have to fight with them. And Arrow's like, oh, you think it's over, brothers? <laughs> oh, no. They have something I want. Oh, no. Yeah, which is going to build into the conflict of the next movie, which this is another addition to the story yeah. that I really like. Because the I think Stephanie Meyer's biggest issue in her writing is situations and conflicts lacking core motivation. Because the... Volturi show up at the end of Breaking Dawn, the book, because they think that the Cullens have made, like, a vampire child, right? But, like, you don't really get to see what the big issue is. You don't get to witness any of the nuance because it's just like, oh, we have this thing and they, you know, they they think it's something bad and so they're going to come kill us all. And that's, like, the whole book, the whole rest of the book is just them preparing to deal with the Volturi. And it's like, that's great, but, like, they're thousands of years old and you're telling me you can't just, like, write them a letter explaining that you haven't made a vampire child and that she's going to age and that she's not like all the other ones that you've seen before. But I guess not. No. But knowing from that (laughs) after credit scene that, like, the Vulturi are basically looking for a reason to fight the Cullens... Okay, now it makes sense. Now now I understand where we're going with this. But that is the actual Which is exactly where we thought it was going. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But she just won't put in the book for some reason. But that's the end of, of part that's one. The end. Trivia. Fun facts. Yes, please hit me with some fun facts. Everyone knows Rob Pat hates exercise. Yes. He does. That is a fact. He went through a strict diet and exercise regimen for six months to prepare for filming. And he stopped the routine immediately after filming the sex scene. Yeah. 
He's already just, a pretty lanky guy. Like you see, like in any movie he's in, he's like slender or whatever. But then, like they wanted him to be in like impeccable shape for this movie. He did the same thing for the Batman as well. He like worked out and stuff because they thought that he needed to be like super physically fit. Which you know, I mean, he's Batman for sure. Batman. Batman. Do you have any other um, any other fun trivia for me? Not okay. Well, I need to keep going through this, but I forgot to mention the wonderful dog portrait. Beginning of the movie, we're just watching it, and all of a sudden, there's this portrait next to her bed at the beginning of this movie, and it's just a dog's not a cute dog's head floating in a void of like blues and blacks. Yeah, nothing else, it's just a dog's head. I was like, what the fuck is this? So I Googled it, and apparently one of the musicians that had a song on the album also had that same painting in one of her music videos. <laughs> so it's like an Easter egg. So bad. Uh, uh, Rob Pat actually learned to speak Portuguese. For the scenes where Edward interacts with the housekeepers. He doesn't speak a whole lot of Portuguese. I think he could just learn basic phonics and like it's like it's like six sentences total. Hooked on phonics. Oh god. They had to recreate that back the a whole entire house for Mile Esme. On a sound stage in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Because the production only had one week on location in Brazil. So most of the indoor honeymoon scenes were actually shot on that soundstage in Baton Rouge. Oh my god. That's okay. I mean, I don't understand why you guys couldn't afford more time. Again, it's a very profitable movie series. They actually talked about uh, one of the other facts was that they intentionally were trying to keep the budget down. uh, Since they were breaking it into two parts. Yeah, but you're going to be making profit off it. Well, granted, since they did have to film, the two movies only came out a year apart from each other. So they were probably having to go into production on the second movie before the release of the first one. So they they needed the budget to to remain. What? Nothing? Oh, you're making a face. Oh, I wasn't trying to. Oh, you're like... This, this just in, folks, and we can't make faces. <laughs> Apparently, Myra was on present on set during the entirety of filming for this movie. Why? I don't know. Oh, she was just there? Oh, good. Yeah. It's almost a foreshadowing about Bella's pregnancy when she eats chicken while Edward is away hunting on the mainland. In all of the previous installments, she only ate vegetarian dishes. She even encouraged her dad to cut back on steak. That's. I didn't notice that. No, I didn't. I didn't notice it because she's not a vegetarian in the books. No, that was such a. uh... That's a very subtle thing. Yeah. But also chicken is what she eats in the book. Yeah. I. That that I guess that's one of those movie changes they made where they were like, we're gonna make her 
mostly vegetarian. And then that makes it more impactful when she's supposed to eat the chicken. But anyone who's read the book is just going to be like, chicken make go vomit, baby. (laughs) Man, I miss the early days of this series when she was just like eating dinner with Charlie at a diner and like Mike Newton was shaking his ass in the window. Oh my God. Where's Mike Newton's ass when you need it? We saw him fucking dead in the beginning of the movie. That was a treat. Uh, in the indoor chess game, Edward missed the best move. Uh, queen to A1 as placing the queen. Shut up. Shut up. Mates. Oh, my God. Brandon and I have been watching this streamer that we, we, we watch all the time, but he's been really into chess lately. And so I've had to witness so much chess recently that, like, I can't. I'm I'm too dumb for chess. I can't play chess. I cannot. I, I just do not have the mind for chess. I think you just don't. Believe I famously that. once got hustled by like a regional champion when I was in a mental hospital when I was 16. And this guy was like 17. He had like an eyebrow piercing and he was covered in tattoos. And he was like, you want to play chess? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he fucking whipped my ass. Because he was an amazing chess player. So you got your ass hustled. I did. I got my ass hustled. We got to the end of it and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And he was like, yeah, I'm like regional champion, three years running. I was like, what? You fucking hustled me. Did we hustle our audience by convincing them that we created a show worth listening to? About a series that's not worth reading? No. We would be hustling them if we were like, hey, this show sucks, and then it was really good. (laughs) But the show is really good. All of these pauses and all of these, like, references to our facial expressions. Chef's kiss. You're not in a visual medium. No. We could be if you... Would just donate enough money <laughs> for me to get the procedures I need to not look like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you getting laser soon? Uh, yeah. That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. I want to laser my eyebrows off. It's not about gender affirmation. I just don't want eyebrows. That's why... Because I don't. Because I don't. Okay. I'm kidding. I don't want to laser my eyebrows off. You're fucking stupid. I was really concerned for a second. Like, <laughs> why would you not want to? She was concerned We're that done. I was going to call her We're later and just be like, I shaved off my eyebrows. No. I do need to trim my eyebrows, though. We're done. We're done. This is the end. Good day. Uh, we'll be back next time with uh, the first however many chapters of the second part of Breaking Dawn. I don't know. I need to refer to the chart that I made because I, I really don't remember. I don't know what's happening anymore. Oh, well, I'm, I'm 
Emmy. Uh, you can find me at M of many names on Twitter. I'm Sarah. You can find me at Sarah S. Wilton. And you can find our podcast Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. You can shoot us a quick donation at ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod. Uh, come back next week and scream with us about how terrible everything, everything is. There's nothing good. No. Left in this world. No. Especially not this podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>